All right, I have to pee before we start. Do you? Are my levels okay? Yeah, I think you're. Keep talking just for ten seconds. All right, this is me talking. I'm texting Eric to let him know that we're in prod three. Is he coming in? Maybe, maybe not. He, he has to do. He, he might. All right, we'll go pee. I think we're good. Okay. Bye bye. What will I do without him? His gun. Maybe just look at the internet and make myself dumber. A virus has spread on the planet. You are locked in at home. You must survive for 30 days. The last thing you ate is what you will eat unless the virus passes. What you eating for 30 days? That's a stupid question. Why wouldn't you just ask the question if you were stuck at home for 30 days and the last thing you ate is the thing you have to eat for 30 days? What is it? Oh, no, but instead we get this backstory about a virus. Oh, be careful, there's a virus. No, I don't, I don't know what it is or what it does or maybe where it came from. Don't ask me such questions. Just listen to me. There's a virus and you're stuck inside. How asinine. And people probably eat this up. Get the hell out of here. It's pathetic. Sad. This is the world we live in. And people wonder why, oh, Greg, you're so negative. Yeah. How can you not be? What a dumb question. What you eat for 30 days? What you eat for 30 days? Hello. Okay. Um, I found this really stupid thing on Facebook. Someone posted this. A virus has spread around the planet. You were locked in at home. You must survive for 30 days. The last thing you ate is what you will eat until the virus passes. What you eating for 30 days? Why don't you just say, hey, you're stuck inside for 30 days. What would you eat? Why right. This whole backstory about this virus that plays <laughs> nothing into the question at all. No, but they have to say the last thing you ate is the thing that you have to eat for 30 days, right? So what if the last thing I ate was... Oh, you know, okay. like a Snickers bar or something worse, like just or the one. OK, then if that's the case, why don't you just say what it's what's the last thing you ate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brevity is the soul of wit. Then the person responds, "Ooh, this could be interesting. Bacon. Is it? Could this really be interesting? Is this really interesting? No, it's not. My it's filling God. your brain with nonsense. What a waste of like time. That show does. I don't know. This is this is worrying me, Autumn. It doesn't sound as good as when you're at home. Really? What's it sound like? I just feel like it drops out sometimes. I'm, are you on Wi-Fi? Are you are you plugged in? I'm plugged in. Okay. Unplugged. Is your Wi-Fi off? I'm plugged. Yeah, my Wi-Fi is off. Okay. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> we'll try to do our best. Whoa! Look, that, that, this, there's a bird that just landed on the side of the building. It's perched on oh. nothing. Cool. Wow. All right, you ready? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was it. very interested in this thing. I don't know what it was grasping onto. Welcome to One Topic, where uh, we try to stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. And my name is Greg Russ. Wow. Welcome. So today's topic is... Being alone. Greg, mm -hmm. 
I know that you like to be alone. I love being alone. And I feel like as an only growing up as an only child, I also like to be alone. However, I think that my single childhoodness influences how I behave and how I think um, when I am being alone. And I think that it is different for maybe you. <laughs> and I wanted to see the difference. You want to explore. Yes, I'd like to explore that topic with let's, you today. Let's unpack our psyche and get to the bottoms of the different motivations behind being alone. Now, this is your topic. Yeah. I always like to ask what brought it to mind. What happened in your life? Um, I have always thought about the way I behave and the way that I think when I'm alone and wonder if everyone else is thinking that too or if they're totally lost in themselves and like sort of in an um, automatic pilot sort of behavior where, so this is my issue. When I'm alone, I typically, I mean, there are, there are little glimpses of sort of, sort of forgetting who you are and where you are um, and just being purely in the moment and not thinking about other things. There are little windows of that, but it's mostly like, I feel that I'm putting on a show and here I am alone. This is me. This is me. You all know me, but I'm alone. And this is you looking at me alone. And this is what I do when I'm by myself. And this is how I behave when I'm by myself. And this is how I look. And this is how I walk. And I, oh, look at me getting on a train, like, like on a um, sub, you know, getting on Marta. I'm alone. And I'm, I'm, tr I'm traveling. Ooh, I'm at the airport, but I'm alone. And this is what I do when I'm alone. I browse the magazines, you know, like, wait, so you're um, constantly thinking about these things when you're alone. It's not constant, but I would say, you know, out of, um, I, um, maybe it's always there. It's like, um, it's like a running sort of program that's in the background. And sometimes it spikes in, in, uh, um, awareness and sometimes it dips so i'm not constantly realizing it but it is happening the whole time that i'm alone and i think it's because of being an only child and that when i'm as an only child you are getting a lot of attention and even when i was a kid i, w I used to think even when i was playing by myself in like alone with barbies or whatever that i was sort of putting on a show for someone like someone was watching me if I was in the shower, not in a weird way, but like when I would take a shower, I would think, oh, the aliens are watching me or not. alien, But, you know, like maybe someone is watching this and seeing that this is how humans. I don't know. I'm starting <laughs> to worry about your psyche, your well-being. Think so? Uh, no, I, th I think it's interesting that being an only child, you're talking about how you get the attention because you're the well only child. So it's right. focused on you. And it sounds like when there was no one around to give you the attention. You didn't know what to do with yourself. I think that my, the only way that I perceive myself is when it's reflected off of others. And so if I'm not reflecting off of anyone because I'm alone, then I don't know who I am. Right? Like I, I need to sort of exist. I only exist if I'm seen. So this sounds like you actually don't have any clue as to who you are as a person. So even when you're alone, you've created this persona, this character that you well, I'm act not faking as. it. I don't, I'm not faking it. I'm not doing things to put on a show, but I am, as I am myself, 
putting on a show because someone is watching me be alone. Well, who's watching you be alone? You. Probably no one. Yeah, it's really me, right? It's my own inner sort of self. And Santa Claus, he's always watching. Maybe. But yeah, that's how it is. That's how I feel like uh, like uh, some when I was a kid, it was it, I couldn't put it into these sort of thoughts. I, I wasn't thinking of it, but it was almost like an omnipresent thing. Like maybe something's watching me and like and I, I didn't I, I better awkward. be entertaining. No, I, I, that's not the thing. That's the thing. I'm not putting on a show. I'm not doing things that I wouldn't normally do just to entertain something that I think might be looking at me. It's more like this is what I do and someone's watching. And I think that that's why it's almost like one of those. Um, uh, the reason why we have this show, why um, I'm on the Von Hessler Doctrine, why I feel like what I have to say is important because it's not any more important than anybody else's. <laughs> That's true. But I feel, and I, when I was a little kid, I always wanted a, the microphone when we were, you know, we would go see like a little play at a school or something and there'd be a mic up there. And after it was over, I'd want to run up to the stage while it was, while the mic had been forgotten to be turned off and talk into it. I just wanted a microphone my whole life. And I feel like that's because I sort of like, meant my brain was programmed to like entertain or to be i need i need to be seen to exist <laughs> no i understand that it's the complete opposite for me though mm -hmm. and so as you say this I, I find it to be very interesting because for me not being an only child having two younger siblings and you know needing to escape me being alone was an opportunity to turn off it's like finally I don't have to mm. deal with anyone. I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't have to be something that I'm not. So this putting on a show, I was like, I don't need to do this now. That's not to say that when I'm alone, I'm not really weird. Before this recording, you went to the bathroom, and I was sitting here alone, and I was just making noises. I was just making random noises for, I don't know, nobody. Were you recording at the time? Uh, it was recording, but uh, let's say it wasn't recording. I hadn't been. That still happens. Okay. I, I think that sometimes my neighbors probably think I'm crazy because I will just start making noises or saying things. I wish I could think of an example at this point. But, uh, you know, even if it's getting up in the morning, it's like turning on the TV, going to turn on the TV now, opening the mirror, going to get my toothbrush. So there's a weird thing that does happen, <laughs> but I've never thought about putting on a show for anyone. I just always thought this is some strange form of Tourette's. Well, see, I don't want to say that I'm putting on a show for anybody because, like I said, I'm not trying to put on a show. It's more like this is what I'd be. This is what I am doing. And but someone is seeing it. But your but your behavior. So you're saying you're not altering your behavior. There's just this Correct. thought that maybe someone's watching. But that did had that had no influence on the way you actually behaved. Right. Just like what you said with where, where uh, I asked you if it was recording, even if it wasn't recording, you would still be making the sound. And that's the same for me. If I even if I didn't, I, I like I'm not doing anything extra for this pretend thing that's watching. But like I said, I think that it's because I I don't get a, a maybe maybe it's just a personality type. Like what if we if we took one of those tests where you're like I'm a LDMT type of person. You've never whatever. taken one of those. I would be interested. I have, and I don't remember what the results were, but we should take them and talk about them. I on don't the show. like the way that they're they've infiltrated, and now they're everywhere, and there's articles written about them. 
Like, yeah. who's your the characters on Friends? Who's the INTP? Right. That, that, come on. But I, I do think that those things have some value. Because, right. I, I mean, they were created. There's umbrellas, obviously, and it's not going to be definitively you. But I would be interested because I assume we're different. Yeah, I think so. But I think there must be something about our personalities that are highly the same. It, I, well, you said that you, you know, if there were a microphone, you wanted the microphone. Yeah. I would shy away from it. Like, I don't, I, everyone listens to their own voice and they're like, oh, I hate the sound of my voice. I've always loved it. <laughs> and I've sort of like pretended like, oh, yeah, 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 the sound of your own voice. But for me, I'm like, I love it. I love the sound of my voice. <laughs> I don't even like editing the show. Not that there's much editing that goes into it, but uh, I, it, it, I, because I don't want to hear my voice. Oh, see, I'm the op- I love it. So, yeah, that's why we're both obviously doing the same things here. Mm-hmm. We both are doing radio or this podcast, but the reasons seem to be very different. As I said, me being alone was my time to decompress, to not be bothered, to not do anything. Um, but now I'm I'm losing you a bit because you're saying that you're just being yourself while you were being alone and you have this set of things that you do. Did you say you wanted to compare these things to other people? Yeah, I I look around who are who I look around at people who are also alone, just being alone. And I wonder if they're sort of not present as present as I am. Does that make sense? Like I feel like the only other times where you're totally gone is like during sex. You know, like you've lost yourself. And you're in the moment and you're not thinking about other things. You're only doing that one thing. And I mean, there are moments of that when I am alone, like in the car. I'm not thinking every moment that I'm being seen. But a lot of times I'm distracting myself when I'm alone so that I don't think about that because I've got a podcast going in my head. And even that, even then I'm listening to them and I'm thinking about my own sort of I don't know. The, I, I'm. So do you like I, being alone? I do like being alone. And you don't have many opportunities to be alone. Yeah. And when I am like, so when the furlough, you know, the, um, the government was shut down, Travis was like semi furloughed. So he was at the house every day. And I think um, before, if, if you had asked me if you would like for him to be home, I'd be like, yeah. I mean, every day I'm waiting for him. Like, oh my God, what time is it? I wish Travis would come home. Because I'm, you know, I need help or I <laughs> just want another adult around. But uh, when he was actually there, I was kind of annoyed. Like, get out of here. I want to be alone. You know, I want to sit on the couch and eat my lunch and then do the chores around the house that I want to do. But I feel like he's there. And so when I sit on the couch <laughs> and just watching a show before I do things, I'm being seen as sitting on the couch. And so I shouldn't be sitting. I should be doing something, you know, so... Even then I'm being, I, I didn't want to be seen. So sometimes being alone really is like, I want to stop performing just like what you said, but I, I'm not performing. I'm not doing anything extra that I wouldn't be doing. I'm just, You're just being your weird self. Yeah. But then when I'm by myself, I still feel like I'm doing something like someone's looking at me. <laughs> so, it's not a real someone, not a real thing. I'm not like a schizophrenic, but it's, it's just. I wonder if there's anybody else who thinks this way. <laughs> Maybe not. No, I, I don't think that it's so out of the ordinary. 
to at some point, at least when you're alone, to be thinking. I mean, it's hard for me to talk about now because I was setting it up and thinking you were putting on a show, but you're insisting that you're not actually putting on a show in these moments. So therefore, I don't think it's that weird. You're just being yourself. If you're actually taking the moments where you were alone and performing for some unseen entity, that's that's really something that's, that's interesting. But I don't think you're actually as weird as you think you are then is what we're okay, we're getting at here my you know you you bring up you're waiting for Travis to get home even if when he wasn't working you were missing right. your alone time my fear is that i'll never be able to exist in any kind of relationship like that because there are times when i'm at home and someone's coming over that i'm dating uh and i don't want them to come over and i don't even see this person every day and i'm not talking specifically about Christina now this is a generalized thing in case she right. listens she tunes in <laughs> not about you specifically um and it, it really isn't but it's just something it's like oh it's tuesday and that's the night we hang out and i don't want this person to come over but yeah that leads into you know outside but of now, if she didn't come over would you be bummed or you would be glad or i think i'd do be you indifferent and like are there moments where you want her to come over <laughs> or somewhere as your any girlfriend yeah there are moments <laughs> sure there's an indifference, I think, which is not a good way to go about these things. So, you know, you're talking about you're wondering if people when they're alone, if they're engaged or if they're turned off, mentioning yeah. the only time you feel like someone really, you know, is turned off and is existing outside of themselves is during sex. Uh, I think there's a clear distinction. Being alone is one thing and then just avoiding is another thing and isolating. That's a totally different thing. The two, okay. the two go hand in hand, right? I, I would assume. Sure. I mean, if you're isolating, you're you're going to be alone. But let's put that aside. Okay. I don't, I don't necessarily want to get into the isolation. This is just how you're existing when you're alone. So, right. uh, what are some of the things that you do? Do you make a list of the things? Uh, yeah. Um. Do you keep a log of how you act when you're alone? Oh no, no, no! I thought you meant like, do I make a list of things? Because I definitely make a list of things that I want to do. Um, I don't, I mean, so I think about Eric and he says that he's just, he likes to be alone and he likes to sit on his couch and watch TV. Um, I like to do that, but then I feel I've been sitting there too long and it's boring. And so I get up and I find things to do. I like sweep the floor and I empty the litter box. I do lots of boring stuff or I go out and, you know, go grocery shopping. My life is really boring. (laughs) Uh, do you get lonely? How, um, how quickly would it would loneliness set in? It's hard right now because I have the kids, right? And they're at daycare during the day. So I'm not with them all day long. Um, and my time alone is very precious. So thinking about being lonely is most, the first thing I think of is I, I want the kids around. But I think that that's a biological drive to be near them. And less about I'm lonely, you know, I, I think that I've set my life up in such a way that I don't think I could ever really be lonely. I'm married and I have two young kids. So it's tough to it's tough to think about myself being lonely. I think if I I do think about when, um, you know, you have these kids and you have to sacrifice so much of your personal time, your personal space you know, what you want to do versus what 
you have to do what they want to do that you have to do with them or they can't do without you. And so, you know, I remember a time when I was like so frustrated that I couldn't even poop when I wanted to, you know, like I need to go to the bathroom. Why can't because all this other stuff is going on. Like the kids have spilled something and I have to clean it up and then something else happens and then something else is going on. Then they they want to go outside and they have shoes and blah, blah, blah. Like I could, I was, I was, I was spiraling back then, but I mean, it was that kind of thing where I was giving up so much. Anyway, those times would be happening. And so you would think like, man, what if I just didn't have the kids? But you think about that and you, you end up feeling bored it's like boring you've leveled up in a video game and the, this level of the video game is really difficult and challenging but going back down to the previous level is boring and easy oh it sounds dreadful to me yeah it sounds and and this is something in theory when i envision things i went out of my life and where i would find fulfillment i think having a lasting relationship marriage or not but you know someone that i'm dedicated to and maybe even having kids would be great. But in practice, I don't I don't know if I can do it because yeah. I, you know, I don't get lonely. I, I think at least at this point, I feel as though at some point in my life, if I do continue on a path where I don't, you know, form any kind of romantic relationship that is dedicated, um, mm-hmm. that I will be lonely. And that's a fear of mine that later on down the line, but it's not a fear that's outweighing, uh, you know, the motivation to get as much alone time as I can at this point. And I, I don't know what causes that. I think about this quite a lot. Um, you know, living alone, surely the going back to, you know, leaving my parents' house, I lived two years in the dorms of Georgia state. So I had roommates those years. Then I moved to Collier road, uh, Mm -hmm. And lived there for a year alone. Then I moved to that place on Peachtree Street, 1660 Peachtree. I'm just going to go through my addresses. <laughs> okay. The other one, I think, was 1150 Collier Road. This is, this is my test, by the way, when I think I have a stroke. Uh, if I wake up in the middle of the night, just a little aside, uh, to make sure that my brain's still functioning, I recite my mm-hmm. addresses throughout the history of my life. Even though it's, it's crazy because of a stroke, apparently, your brain is still functioning. It's your body that's given up on you. Right. So I don't know if that's really a good gauge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a good gauge. So and then after that, I moved to Cabbage Town, 223 Carroll Street, and I had a roommate at that point. Uh, that was two years. Then I moved to New York, 723 Hart Street. Uh, <laughs> I lived with Philip. That was a year and a few months. And I then, didn't know you lived with someone there. Yeah, right when I moved here. When I moved to yeah. New York, the idea of coming here, knowing that living alone was going to be a very difficult thing to do because it's so expensive and not wanting to live with someone I didn't know. I just looked at my friends in Atlanta. I said, who would move with me? And Philip was a bartender at 97 Astoria at that point. And I said, hey, Philip, you want to move to New York? He says, okay. Wow, really? Yep. Is, he, is he still there? He's still here. He owns a bar now, Jimbo Slims. <laughs> wow. Why didn't we go there when, I, when uh, Trav and I visited? When were you here last? I don't know. Years ago, the bar wasn't open at that point. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> now Philip was in a in a spot. I have no concept of time. Am I having a stroke? <laughs> well, recite your addresses. I I don't remember my addresses. I don't remember I any of your addresses. No, I know the one when I was a kid. Seventeen fifty two Red Rose Lane. 
Loganville, Georgia. Was that a song you made up to rem- remember it? Yeah, my parents gave me a song. And so now I've given my kids a song. I imagine I you being lost in the malls. Like, where do you live, little girl? Well, my mom would say we would go to like Home Depot or something. And she's like, if we get separated, then go to the people in the orange. And if they need your address, you sing the song. I said, okay. Now you get a little beat going. You're crying in the aisle yeah. alone. <laughs> Hold on. I don't know. Hold on. 70, 50. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So uh, I lived with Philip. The, the point yeah. is, and then after that, that was 2009, I moved to 212 Sullivan Street, mm-hmm. which is uh, where I lived for seven years. And then I've been here. Uh, that was I, B1? Yeah, that was Studio B1. And then, uh, should I give away my address now? Who's going to show no. up? No. Why? No, you shouldn't. All right. Well, where I live I've now. My address because they've sent me stuff. <laughs> it's been three years. So the point is the latest stretch. I've had like plenty of times where I lived alone. Then I would go back to a roommate. But now I'm at the point where I'm, I'm 10 years in to living alone. And you really get set in your ways. Yeah. And even when people come over, and we, we've hit on this on the show before. I don't like people touching my stuff. It is what it is. It is where it is. And that is, I don't know how to move past that. So being alone, for me, is kind of my life. It is how I exist. And it's relatively boring. I've thought quite often of documenting it, uh, uh, though I'm not you know, that full of myself. I don't think that I always need to have the microphone on them. <laughs> you're calling me full of myself no i mean but there's something there surely that's driving that right i think it's um over doting mom you know like uh they say artists i'm not saying me but i'm saying um celebrities and you know musicians like they are made either by an emotionally distant parent or an over doting parent it's it's an extreme of one of the, or the other because the um, unavailable parent you're always trying to prove to them right you're tap dancing for them like daddy look at me because <laughs> daddy would never look at me or it's someone has told you your whole life how great you are and you're like yeah I am great I should be doing I am this right I right, because a lot of times you know I forget what is it confidence is like ah, there's some saying about um being confident is really uh, like pretending to be confident with like a, a very small amount of actual uh, competency or something. Yeah, you're just posing. You're a poser. Right. But some people can pose really well and then they actually are the thing. Right. So, you know, um, maybe I'm not the best tap dancer, but when I go out and I believe that I am very talented and then I actually do have some of the talent, some of what it takes. That, that doesn't mean there there are other people who are better tap dancers than me, but they're shy or they don't have the confidence to do it. But I do. And so I succeed where the other person does not. So that's me. <laughs> I think of that poor tap dancer whose dad didn't want to watch. And the dad, look at me tapping. And the dad just yells, what is that goddamn clicking and clacking? Make it stop. Yeah. There's no winning. What a, that's an awful upbringing. What do you think the different style in, uh, you know, if, if someone does get creative or artistic and that's the reason they had a distant parent or a parent that was constantly, you know, praising them? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a difference in the styles of output, though. 
I mean, maybe one would be a little bit more self-deprecating versus the other. You know, like, uh, yeah, I I am always trying to prove to someone that I am good or I have something to give, but I'm a piece of shit, you know? <laughs> but I still continue to try and put my whatever it is out there, whereas somebody in the middle might be interested in it, but there's like no real drive there. It's just like people who grow up with money, right? Like, so so they're the people who grow up without money and then they get money, right? They, they work really hard and they do what they have to do and they make a bunch of money and then they have kids and they try and instill that attitude into their kids, but then their kids have grown up with money. So they don't have a real drive to earn and to, you know, progress like the previous generation, their, their parents did. So it's the same thing. I'm, you know, I have the drive because someone has told me that I'm good and that I have something to say and I'm someone's always listening. I'm just thinking of the Myers-Briggs type of your favorite depressed artists. Click now. <laughs> Find which one matches you. The Smiths. Hans Christian Anderson was clearly an ENTJ. I made yeah, that that's up. Lame. We're not a BuzzFeed show. <laughs> I don't actually know if that's true or not. Um, so going to what you were saying, though, do you feel as though, you know, you were told that you're talented and wonderful and special? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you're not. I'm no. not saying you're not. As an adult, I realize that I'm not as, you know, that I, I, I am the person who has the confidence to go forward and and has also been told that I am I have something to give. But that doesn't mean that there are other people out there that are not better than me. I don't think that I'm the best, but I also don't think I'm a piece of shit. Oh, you know? I do. I think I'm a piece of shit. That's what I was going to say. Like maybe like someone like you or Tim, <laughs> you know, you continue to put your art out there or else you wouldn't be doing this show right now. You wouldn't still be on The Doctrine. You wouldn't be doing your other podcast. You wouldn't be doing, you know what I mean? You, you, you believe that you have something to provide, but you still feel like you're a piece of shit. And Tim is the same way. Yeah, because that feeds into it. There's, there's the part of it. It's like the audacity. Who do you think you are? Who mm -hmm. do you really think you are? I think it's a description of the show, which obviously I wrote. And it's like, you know, about us doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Who do they think they are? Because those are based in real feelings. I, I, that just, it's, it, I guess somewhere inside I do, but there's quite a bit of doubt and it's also you know a realization it's like plenty of other people seemingly have something to say so you know what sets me apart i don't know nothing even if there is something i don't know yeah i'll know i don't know that's the way uh we, that's the way so I think about it. do you think that with your girlfriend now mm -hmm. that how long can she go without you guys move progressing on to the next phase? That's a very valid question. I don't know. That's something we're facing right now and then trying to figure out because we've been dating uh, over two years and I see her two times a week. Mm -hmm. And she went more. 28. All right. So she's she's getting where she needs to make a decision. <laughs> it, it's it's something that I put a lot of effort into. But yeah. I don't know how to move past it. Being alone to me, you can come home from work. You do whatever you want. You watch whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. It doesn't mm -hmm. need to be in a certain time. 
there's just, it's selfish. It's surely a very selfish way of living. But to have to make decisions that I feel like are ridiculous, like what are we going to eat for dinner tonight and what time are we going to eat? It's like, that's not something I want to deal with. It's like, I, yeah. this is how, this, no, this is not what life is. Life shouldn't be spending time making yeah, I feel, these. I feel totally the opposite. I guess it's because, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, I guess it would be nice for a little bit, but my whole, I feel the opposite. My, what, I feel like if I were alone like that, I'd be like, what is this existence? Well, I want to experience this with, with other people. I, wa I want to ask Trav what he wants to do for dinner or like, do we have a plan? Like, I want, I want that. I want to be with the person. That question arises. I ask myself that question. What is this ex existence? And again, in theory, in my mind, there's a desire to have someone to share all of this with. But ultimately, what I find is if there's something I really enjoy, and it's not to say um, there aren't things that you can connect with on mm -hmm. with people. So if there's like a movie, for example, that I really like watching, and that person could really like it too. But for the most part, it's like, I like this a lot. I'm not sure if you're going to like it. I don't want to subject you to it because if you don't like it, it's going to take away from the fact that I like it and I won't be able to enjoy this at this point. So, wow. And even traveling. I've realized I really like traveling alone. And Well, I like traveling alone for the reason you like living alone. Which is? Which is I get to do what I want to do. Like when Travis and I travel together, he's the person that stands up when everyone's boarding. Instead of waiting for your boarding thing, I'm like, get out of this crowd sit down you know uh i want to walk and stroll over to this uh newspaper magazine place and just look at the things they're selling and think about how expensive they are and like walk around and and be seen by people in the airport look at her See, there you go. are you sure you're not putting on a show for people because this is that's a clearly what it is. Here I am strolling through the terminal. I'm going to go here to the Hudson News and buy myself an overpriced pound bag of Skittles. And everyone's <laughs> going to watch me do it. And it's going to be the most exciting thing they've ever... The episode in my life called Traveling <laughs> to England. No, it's honestly... I just... I, I want to be seen, but I don't... I'm not doing it for them. But you, I want... Who are you doing it for then? I just, I like being seen. I don't know who you're doing it for then. I mean, there's... I'm... go ahead. Sorry. I don't know. I'm doing it just, I'm doing it for me. <laughs> but... <laughs> it doesn't sound like you're doing it for you. No, it doesn't. No, it sounds, and it's okay. Look, if you want to be a person who's an entertainer and put on a show for people, that, that doesn't need to be a negative thing. I know I'm coming after you with this. No, no, it's all right. I'm thinking about it. So I don't, I, I really, I really don't feel like I'm doing it for them, but I like for them to see it. I like to be seen. So, okay. You talked about watching a movie and not subjecting the person to the, to the movie. And it feels like a, a, a sort of, I don't know, like a false existence where you're like i'm making you watch it so will you even enjoy it because you didn't discuss you know it's not yours i'm making you there's do it there's a lot of overthinking and there you know there's okay. a lot of neuroticism but well what i'm saying is when i see something by myself i feel disappointed that someone else isn't there to experience it with me because if i feel it just on my own 
I feel like it doesn't exi- exist as as much as it would if it, I were experiencing it with someone else. Well, I think that's an extreme, whereas my view is the other extreme. Right. There's definitely value in experiencing something alone and taking it in yourself and walking away knowing something new, feeling something new. And yes, it's nice to share that with another person. But, you know, even if you were with another person, they're not leaving with the same things you're leaving with, um, and which is great. You know, things are subjective. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's not a shared experience. But, you know, to say that there's less value in something if you don't have a person to share it with, I don't think is true. At the same time, I, I don't think just taking in everything alone is great either because, yes, right. having a shared experience with a person or other people is a very nice thing. Like we obviously like Phantom of the Opera quite a bit. Yeah. One of my guilty pleasures in life. Mm-hmm. I had a seventh grade music teacher introduced us to just musicals in general, and I really took to that one. And I've gone to see it several times alone because it means something to me. It's also somewhat embarrassing because it's Phantom of the Opera and it's become a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which is, you know, kind of a shame. It, it, whatever. We don't need to get into that right now. That'll I'm be not, a different. I'm episode. not saying it's the best musical out there by any means, but, no. you know, you, you stick around long enough and you suddenly are the joke. Kind of like The Simpsons at this point. It doesn't have the right. same punch as it used to. And when you're Phantom of the Opera and you've been on Broadway for 30 something years and done 13,000 performances when the initial run. But anyway. I go see that alone and sometimes, Uh you know, because it pulls feelings out of me that maybe I need in the moment. Uh, Mm -hmm. But with you, you probably don't feel the same thing that I feel, but we both like it and we've bonded over it. And I really like the idea of you coming to New York so we both could go see that show together. Right. So, you know, there's both sides right there. Yeah. And and, but but I know going in, I know going in, you'll like it. Right. But do you prefer to see it on your own versus someone else? It depends. With you, I would be very excited to go see it because I also know that you've, you know, like it. Right. You don't want to go as far as saying you love it. but No, I do love it. That's a different thing, I guess, because you already know that I like it and it wouldn't be a thing where you have to sort of manage my expectations of it. No, it which is... Yeah, and something has been cemented to me as something, you know, I like and then becomes guarded in a way. Yeah. I'm not going to bring other people around, so I will go see it. I went to London alone, and then I went to see Phantom of the Opera alone. (laughs) And that's fine. I I think about other people looking at me and maybe thinking, oh, that poor guy, look at him here. it's, It's stupid. It's like a person who goes to eat alone. Who cares? movies alone who cares it doesn't mean that they don't have anyone in their life uh, you know if i went to a restaurant and ate by myself with no phone no podcast to listen to no crossword nothing to do i would feel the entire time that i was that someone was looking people not someone but that i was being seen as alone then look you're not wrong person. i don't think okay. you're wrong i think some people will look and then think that it's just stupid I mean, it's based on nothing. It's based on an assumption they made that you have. Yeah. It's it's really, I think, an idea of like, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. 
And if I were to do that, what would that mean in my life? That I would have to, I would never go eat alone. So if I were in a situation where I had to eat alone, it must mean I've got no one in my life. And then they just apply it to you. I think it's. Oh, it's, see, I, I don't think that way. I, when I look at someone alone, I think, are they aware that they're alone? And are they aware that I'm looking at them and they are alone? <laughs> I think they're probably aware. Well, I hope they're aware that they're alone. No, not con- like I know that they know that they're alone, but just like, look at me, I'm alone. When you talked about going to London and taking the train to some other town and going to that bar and drinking alone, I thought, man, if that were me the whole time, like, look at me, I'm alone. I'm at the bar and I'm a person drinking alone. And will I have another drink? Maybe the bartender <laughs> will know. And I'll look at me. I'm a person who has two drinks at a bar alone. Well, what is this? It sounds like some BBC show that you're putting on. The woman who does things alone. It's a whole series that just follows a woman alone. And her inner monologue is that, I'm going to the bar. I'm going to have another drink. I will sip this drink. Need to go to the bathroom now. I'm going to wash my hands after I flush the toilet. Yeah. Well, that's that's, that's not the way it goes. Like when I no. travel alone, I, and, and this is just a difference. Like I went to Tokyo with Christina. And people like to travel and do different things different, like differently. Right. We get there. I really like just walking around neighborhoods, getting out of the tourist areas. If it's a city where there's public transportation, getting on the train, getting off at a random stop, walking around, stopping at a bar that most people who were visiting wouldn't go into, and just trying to imagine. What I'm doing is imagining living there. Mm-hmm. This is what it would be like if I lived here. It'd be just like me at home going to the bar. I don't go to bars all the time alone, but in this situation, you know, I am. And I do that sometimes at home. And, you know, other people like to go to the tourist sites or they like to go try restaurants. or, And I think that's why I like traveling alone. If I could meet someone who really enjoyed doing the same thing that I did, then I would be happy to share it. But I don't think most people like traveling like that or doing those kind of things. So I make the choice to do it alone and I get more out of it alone than if I had someone else or I was dragging someone else along. Oh, see, I, oh no, I would need, I, to be in another place alone, which I have been, I mean, whenever Travis and I travel anywhere interesting, it's usually because there's a conference and he, because of a conference for Travis, not a radio conference, (laughs) but he, he is busy during the day. He's at talks all day. So I've been in Greece just walking around Greece in Athens or like in a, an, on an Island off of Greece, just walking around and just sort of killing time because my experience walking around, I, I feel like I don't have as much a grip on what I saw or what I did when I was alone versus when Travis was done and we would walk around and experience something together. Well, why do you like getting out of traveling? What are you looking to get out of it? I don't know. Seeing new things, tasting new things, uh, seeing things that I know are touristy, but like, hey, there's that thing I've only ever heard about her. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. Again, there's no judgment. I know it come off as a very judgmental person. No, no, no. But if I was alone and I was looking at the Parthenon, I would think, oh, neat. There it is. I would want someone else there to like. To wow, show, look. No. I would I would ex- I would experience it more if there were someone else there. I, I think that if you were with someone else and you were looking at the Parthenon, it'd still be like, oh, look, there it is. OK, 
Let's move on. That's how those things usually go. Now, for me, it's I would I would I would get over seeing it more quickly than if I were with someone else. I would be more interested in seeing it if someone else was there. And that's part of your personality type, though. You want to share these kind of things. But now, okay. now the other thing is at a grocery store. Leave me alone. I do not want to I do not want to go around with someone at a grocery store who does not have the same um, objective as I do, which is let's go. Let's go. Come on. Travis will like ho and hum about what to get. He'll look at things. He'll like, well, look at this one. And look at that one. It's funny you bring this up because going to the grocery store, uh, which we have a whole episode on, if you haven't listened to that one yet here on one topic, the grocery store, it's one of our top rated (laughs) episodes. I suggest you go take a listen, going to the grocery store or going to target or something with Christina or I love it. Like that is (laughs) a, that is a, it's such a boring thing to do. And I don't think it's, I, I don't know why I enjoy it, but it's like something I look forward to. It's like, Hey, I need to go to target. I'm like, great, come over and we'll, we'll go to target before we do anything else. And it's something that I look forward to. <laughs> We're so opposite. Or I went to Costco with Christina and I, it was, right. it was, I, I was really into it. It just seemed like such a normal thing to do. I think, Maybe because there's not the pressure, the, the the worry that the person's enjoying themselves, and then me feeling guilty if I'm enjoying it and they're not liking it, or they're you know taking away from my experience if they don't like it. It's yeah. just something that's so mundane. It's like there are no expectations going into this, <laughs> right? And that goes a long way. So it's like yeah, here we are. We're at the Costco. Wow, look at this. Six hundred uh, Nature Valley granola bars. Yeah, should we get fifteen bucks? What a what a steal. And <laughs> so you're in a grocery store for a mission. I'm using it as a bonding experience. Yeah. We really are different sides of the same coin when it comes to being alone, I think. Yeah. And I think it really is expectations, the managing of the expectations that are self-created, at least on my end. Like yeah. This idea <laughs> of what I want and what I want the other person to get. And if they don't get that, I'm not going to force them to get anything out of it. It's really right. where it comes from. So maybe when they don't get something out of it, it reflects onto you what that what you're getting out of it is not as um, valid anymore. Yeah, well, because because on the other if it's reversed and the person is something they really like and they're trying to show it to me and they want me to get into it. And I can't get into it because I'm just not, you know, it's not something I'm really into. I look at them and I feel such pity. (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm like, you were really into this, and I'm sorry that I'm ruining this for you. Right, right. Like, I'm really, I, I apologize. It doesn't mean anything that, you, you know, you like it, I don't. It doesn't mean that's bad or you're stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but being aware of that. You know. It doesn't make their love or interest in it any <laughs> less important. But you're sorry that you're, you might be making them feel that way. It creates for a difficult existence, I'll tell you mm-hmm. that. Um, because yes, being alone quite often is relatively boring. And as I was saying earlier, if I were to document this, I have this idea sometimes if I had the audacity and, uh, the ego to do it, it'd really be vulnerable stuff though, because it would just be like, I'd set up a camera in my apartment and it'd be me sitting on the toilet peeing or me <laughs> taking a shower again, mundane, sad, crawling out of bed and going straight to the couch. And staring at the TV, taking ice cream out of the freezer. (laughs) 
<laughs> breakfast time. Yeah, like this is, I was like, let's, let's document real life. You want to see real depressing, sad life? Here it is. But it's also, you know, it's real life. <laughs> Except maybe. You should do a, a, an Instagram story where that's just, as, you, as the day goes on, you document the boring parts of your life. And that's the thing you feature on Instagram stories instead of the interesting thing that other people are Instagram storying. You do the things that are boring. But then the I'd be you. Then I'd be you putting on a show for the rest of the well, world. That's why I came up with it. <laughs> with it. <laughs> putting on a shog. Yep. Like even oh, doing boy. even doing the shog. That's you doing something mundane. That's me putting a a sort of face on on what I think is actually happening. You know, that really really happening, but it's happening because when I take a shower or when I'm driving. That especially back then, I would do my best thinking and sort of talking to myself, talking out things <laughs> to myself when I was driving and when I was showering. And a lot, I mean, the shower in, in the car, I might actually physically like actually talk, but in the shower, I would really do a lot of talking in my head. And I thought, I'm gonna, this is just a blog. I'm just, it, I, I was, I'm gonna make a vlog, but th- I can't do it while I'm driving because that's dangerous. So I'll do it when, the other time when I think the most. Is in the shower, so I'll just do that. And then you play stupid, though, and you think that you're getting all these views because people actually care about what you have to say. No, I did not play stupid. There was I some. Didn't. You seemed a little bit naive. Like, no way, people wouldn't be watching this because I'm in the shower and I'm a young girl. I mean, I uh, that was part of it. I knew, <laughs> but I did not think. Well, first of all, the the real real reason why it got big was because someone posted it on a fetish site for shampoo right shampoo fetish yes yeah. and so that's where it started really gaining popularity but and I, I, I and i believe you when you say that you didn't post it i think that you really thought here's a boring thing i'm gonna give my thoughts while doing this boring thing i don't think that you put it out there to get attention because no. you were young and pretty in the shower like i believe i'm you. not i'm not that kind of person no I, you're not at all uh, I just always found that to be a bit funny that you claim that you didn't think about that. I at know. All. <laughs> I'm embarrassed about that part of it because I, I, I think of myself as like a savvy person who knows men. And when it comes to something like that, I really missed the mark. <laughs> you did miss and the I mark. Surprised myself. <laughs> but you got millions of views on one of them. <laughs> Only twenty more dollars to go until YouTube sends me one hundred dollars. Is that the way that Just works? For, yep. They don't, they'll only pay you out at $100, like the minimum. And so it's been over 10 years. I'm still waiting to get to 100 <laughs> So what would you be doing if, uh, you know, if, if you've always felt like you need need to be out there entertaining? You know, if, if the my sh- relationships, I've never really been alone. I'm from one boyfriend to the next. Bang, bang, bang. Well, I'm, I'm usually from one to the next girlfriends yeah. but that's also because i feel like they go on for two and a half years but they've been dead for a year and a right, half you let, them, you let them die a slow death yeah so when it ends it's not really jumping from one to another it's it ended uh, a long time i haven't been in a relationship now for a year and a half so let's start another right <laughs> with this idea that getting into the relationship is going to force me out of my comfort zone and force me to not want to spend all this time alone and it never does it doesn't work that way that's not the way to approach it 
the way to approach it is to look at it and say, all right, what are the things causing me to want to be alone? And let's work, you know, someone's not going to save me. I think that, oh, well, I'm the same way. Someone's not going to save me, but I feel more comfortable when there's someone around. I feel more like myself when there's someone around. We should trade lives. We should. Just like a little switcheroo and see how we do. For two weeks. Okay. What was that show? Trading Wives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trading Spouses or something. Yeah, so, you know, I can be married. She's a strict disciplinarian. (laughs) She's a loose and carefree hippie. (laughs) And then the kid, that was always so sad because the kids were like, hey, yeah. They'd freak out and be super sad. And we were supposed to be like, yeah, what a brat. (laughs) He's getting his comeuppance. It's a strange kids. It's a strange thing with the kids involved. Here's a new mom for you for a little while with a bunch of TV cameras around. Right, and she comes in and she's like, the ketchup will have no crust on its lid and you will put the tie back on the bread <laughs> and you will not be allowed to leave your room until it is spit spot clean. And, you know, and they're like, ow! Yeah. And then she pulls out a ruler and slaps the kid on the wrist. Yeah, this is just my parenting style. Well, the future... I'll let you know. There's an article that I really enjoyed. It's uh, several years old. New York Times. The Lonely Death of George Bell. If you ever have a chance to read this, it just goes through what happens. Post it on our One Topic Facebook page. That's been posted? No, I'm saying you should post it. I'll post it. Uh, It's about a man, George Bell, who died alone. Uh, Wasn't found for about a week in his apartment. It's only because of the stench. And at that point, he had no next of kin. They couldn't find anyone, and it's the whole process of what happens if someone dies actually alone. Mm. If there's no one there to claim them, and, you know, just the gist of the story is the guy had friends. He removed himself. He stopped hanging out at the bar with them. People hadn't seen him. They were worried. Um, You know, and the city spends time and effort trying to find someone uh, who's related to him, and when they can't, they sell all all the person's items. Uh, They collect their money. And uh, to cover the costs of doing all this work. And, uh, you know, eventually if they can find someone, they'll give them the rest of the money. And then the person's just shipped off to Heart Island, which is right. uh, in the Long Island Sound. And they're just buried in a mass grave. Really? Mass grave? Yeah, or an unmarked grave at least. I don't it's want... Be an unmarked grave. They can't well, just keep that grave open. Well, no, they. I mean, this is where they take the homeless people who died. I... I it may be a mass grave in the sense I don't know if they just uh, oh they like double up triple up people like I don't know if they insensitively just dump the bodies in there like they bulldoze yeah. them in and they have a you know a backhoe and they yeah <laughs> just throw the dirt on top of them <laughs> I I think though that they may collect enough bodies and then just kind of dig a big pit and then lie them in there and cover them right. up. Okay. Um, and this is not the end that I, I want. In a weird way, there's some romantic part to it. And like, yep, that's the real New York life. I did it. <laughs> and, it, you know, if I had anyone at that point to talk about me after I was gone, they'd say, Greg, he, he chose New York. He loved it. He never left. And he died. And he wasn't found in his apartment for weeks. And now he's up there in Hard Island. And we can't go visit him. Well, I don't want you to end up buried alone at Hart Island. Because that idea sounds romantic until you're in the middle of dying. You're like, oh, no, this is it. I, I think when it's in the middle of the dying. Alone. In the <laughs> no middle. In the middle, it's probably fine. I think it's the years leading up to your death that are really, really sad. And, you know, I say I, I don't ever really get lonely. I, I, that's, it, it has to set in at some point, loneliness. Right. Most right. widespread disease in the world, Autumn. 
disease? Yeah. Is it catching? Lonely. I, I stole that from Vonnegut. Oh, okay. Loneliness, most widespread disease in the world. But it's true. Compare it to anything else. You can. It's not a disease, but you get the point. There's a sentiment yeah, there. Yeah. Well, thank you for being honest about what it's like for you to live alone or to be alone and when you are alone. And thank you for not judging me on my weird or maybe not so weird behaviors when I'm alone. I'm, I'm There's judgment. It's not negative judgment, but I'm judging sure. you. <laughs> You think yeah, that's okay. it's mostly because you don't admit that you, know, you're, you pretend that you're putting on a show for people constantly. It's just I really you, don't think that I am. It's just who I am. Subconsciously, you are. I was in Eric's office the other day. I was alone. I was behind his little desk, but the door was open. I was facing the door and I was working. And there were times when I was in my own moment. But then I kept thinking someone's going to walk by and they're going to see me in here. And what are they going to I'm doing? I'm alone in this room. And they're going to see me and they're going to think something and I'm I'm going to be portraying something to them by the way that I look or what I'm doing. Like, you know what I mean? Those those were that was a constant program running in the back of my head. I was not putting on a show. I would have been doing that anyway. I wasn't like putting my hand, you know, on my the corner of my mouth thinking, looking at, hmm, you know, like so that people would see me like she's thinking. I blocked <laughs> I the scene. That. Yeah. So I've taken the time this morning to block this whole scene out. So I will be sitting at the desk, but when someone walks past, I will push the chair back two feet. I will get up. I will step to stage left. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not thinking that. I am doing what I am doing. I am motivated by my own sort of motivations. Well, then are you <laughs> worried about what people are thinking about you constantly? No. Because the motivation here seems to be other people. I like to be seen. I want to be seen. And then it makes me feel validated it makes me feel valid it makes me feel uh it, it makes me feel that i exist didn't we learn I anything from our vanity show validation from other people mm -mm. yeah not the way to go on them all right validation. well if you're not familiar with that then go ahead and go listen download it and listen <laughs> to it listen to all the shows um no i understand what you're saying and uh, it's fine i, I don't I don't know enough to, to say. I, I think I, uh, fear was just instilled that, that you were worried so much about other people and what they think. No. I, I'm sure that that's how I did. Maybe I did feel that way in the past a little bit more than I do now, but I don't care now. And it, the older I get, the less, like the more intense that, uh, you know, I don't care gets, which is fun. Um, I'm going to wrap up. Uh, you can find us everywhere at One Topic. Uh, we're on Podbeam, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, and of course iTunes. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And um, you can find me everywhere on social media, Auto Pritz, P R I T T S. Greg? Yes. Right. Are you on social media? No, <laughs> but I guess I have started promoting that other podcast that I'm on called the usual rejects podcast go check it out yeah. subscribe to that yeah take a listen and then i will promote this show on that show this is the way this All works right. right it's definitely the way this works so thank you for sharing your life of course thank you for sharing your weirdness thanks weirdo bye